What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Underdogs Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Smith, and thank you for joining me today. I've got <clears throat> some picks for you. Going to preview tonight's college football playoff selection show. So that will help us continue our conversation on the G5 race to the New Year's Six. Before I get on, before I get into all of it, if you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, share it with a friend, comment at the end. And if you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, please leave a five-star rating and a positive review. And without further ado, let's get to it. So the CFP show is tonight, the first one. The CFP selection show. Sorry, I thought I had it pulled up right here as far as the time. But it doesn't look like I do. Let's see. The CFP tonight is at 6 p.m. Central Time. So some of you might miss it in real time if you've got kids and you're going to be out trick-or-treating and doing all that. Where I'm at, it's incredibly cold. And my young son... Um, did a deal at his school today, so we're hoping maybe that'll get us out of it tonight, but we'll see. We'll probably still hit some homes if you're into that sort of thing. If you're not, I understand. Um, but yeah, so it'll be at 6 p.m. tonight. I think I might do a live stream for the final CFP show that they do uh, on that Sunday after Championship Saturday on Championship Weekend. But let me know in the comments if you think that'd be a good idea. So 6 p.m. Central Time, I think my biggest questions heading into this is what what is the committee going to decide to do with JMU, and then what do they do with Liberty? Liberty, obviously 8-0, very good chance at finishing out undefeated, being hurt by their strength of schedule, particularly in these AP coaches' polls. They're getting votes, but they're not quite getting in. JMU, on the other hand, is 8-0, and they're ranked 23rd in the AP poll. So... Will JMU's ineligibility hurt them in the CFP voting? That is something I'm keeping an eye on. And the reason why I'm keeping an eye on that is because if the dominoes should fall in a way where JMU climbs the rankings, the CFP rankings, and they become the highest ranked G5 program, I think we could see that waiver get approved by the NCAA. I know how I'm starting to pick up on who's who in the comments. I know how most of you feel about that. You're welcome to put your thoughts again, but I know those of you that feel pretty strongly that that will not happen and should not happen. And I know there's some of you that feel pretty strongly that it should. I don't want to beat that dead horse, but I'm going to pay attention to see if the CFP committee keeps them in that top 25, even though they're ineligible. And then, of course, uh, Liberty. The, 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 the thing with the CFP rankings, though, is you don't get like a also receiving votes type list, at least not that I recall. So it's kind of like whoever's in there is in there, and then you got to let the next week of games play out before you see the moving and shaking and there there is there tends to be some can be some significant jumps uh when it comes to the g5 teams at least like i remember one year houston i think it was they went from being the highest rated g5 or second highest rated g5 one weekend they lost they were completely out of it the next weekend 
Then I think two weeks later, they ended up being the highest rated, highest rated G5. Again, I think this may have been the year. It was maybe the year they went to the Peach Bowl or maybe it was the next season. I don't, I don't remember, but I know, you know, they go from being the highest rated G5 to not in there at all to back to being the highest rated G5 a couple weeks later after not getting back in. So anyways, and the other team, I'm telling you, talked about it last week is SMU. I don't think they'll be ranked tonight with their two losses. And when you still have Air Force undefeated, you've got Tulane with the one loss. You've got uh, Fresno State with only one loss. I think it's too early to see them in there. But I am curious, you know, like as the season plays out, how will the CFP committee look at SMU in comparison to an undefeated Liberty, in comparison to an undefeated JMU? SMU is good. Um, And the one thing I will certainly be keeping an eye on later on as we get to early December, if SMU is able to win out, if the New Year's Six Bowl this year falls to the Cotton Bowl for the, if the New Year's, if the G5 New Year's Six bid falls to the Cotton Bowl for I think the third time in four years, non-playoff, because it, it was Memphis and then... The next year was COVID year, and I think that year it was OU Florida. Then you had Cincy in the Cotton Bowl, even though it was a playoff year. They were in the playoff against Bama. I remember I was there. And then last year you had Tulane. So if the Cotton Bowl continues taking on the at-large, the G5 at-large, keep an eye on SMU if they are to win out. If they were to win out and win the conference championship with two losses – that's where I think you might could see the Cotton Bowl committee looking to possibly extend that invitation. We'll see. Maybe I'm stuck in the 80s. Maybe not. But they still have a lot of work to do to get to that point. So tonight, though, that's kind of what I'm looking for. What does the committee do with Liberty? What does the committee do with JMU? And then SMU, I'm wondering. You know, I think obviously we'll see a, a somewhat of a reflection of the AP as far as Air Force and Tulane are concerned. They're both going to – I project that they will both be ranked and uh, Air Force will be ahead of Tulane. And then will JMU be in there like the AP poll? Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Some of you, quite frankly, may not be actually listening or watching this particular episode till after the fact. So – I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're about, from the time of me recording this, we're about six and a half hours away from that happening. But let's get to some picks. It's week 10. I can't believe it's week 10, man. I feel like this season has been flying by. And quite frankly, uh, as a fan of the American Athletic Conference, you really need Tulane to keep winning. Tulane needs to keep winning. I do think... Uh, Air Force losing, Tulane would leapfrog them. And I keep going, I think this is where the SMU thing comes into play and the Cotton Bowl thing comes into play. If we have a scenario where there is a one-loss Air Force team playing a one-loss Fresno State team, and then a one-loss Tulane playing a two-loss SMU, would a two-loss SMU 
get the bid over a one-loss Mountain West Conference championship. That's some food for thought. Over a one-loss Mountain West Conference champion with a two-loss SMU Conference champion. And that's where I wonder, would the Cotton Bowl... I don't know. Would, would the Cotton Bowl be more partial to an SMU in that particular scenario? Just, just yeah. We got to see how it all plays out. Of course, if Air Force wins out and they win the conference championship, they're going to get the bid regardless of what the bowl is. But anyways, uh, let's do some picks. So week 10, <clears throat> starting us off on Saturday, got Navy at Temple. Navy is minus six and a half. I like Navy minus six and a half. Temple, I think, is going to really struggle with the Navy run game. I think this is a great opportunity for that Navy offense to get you know back in rhythm. They've just seemed to be very inconsistent, and they they in back to back weekends against Charlotte, against uh, uh, who was it? Uh, oh, it was Air Force against Charlotte against Air Force offense defensively. They've been playing well. I think. Temple's offense will probably struggle um, in this game with the way Navy's defense has been playing. And, uh, yeah, I like Navy minus six and a half. Keeping it moving. This line surprised me. Okay, we got FAU at UAB, and UAB is actually favored one point. That surprises me. You have a four and four, three and one FAU team who I know they took a they took a beating to UTSA, but I mean they've in conference play fifty six to fourteen over South Florida, thirty eight sixteen over Charlotte. I mean, again, I know they 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 took they took a beating, but I'm surprised, and I know this game's on the road, but I don't expect it to be a packed house or anything like that for UAB, and I'm not saying this to dog UAB, but they're 2-6, and 1-3, and three, and they're a one-point favorite. So if there's something here that I'm missing, please let me know in the comments as to what... Is there an oversight on my part that I'm not taking into consideration here as to why... UAB would be favored one point over FAU. So needless to say, I like FAU plus one over UAB. So FAU in the points. Keeping it moving. Okay. UTSA at North Texas this is a big game for UTSA. And it's it's an interesting game because North Texas what was it a couple years ago where they basically wrecked UTSA season? Was it the last game? I think UTSA was 11 and 0 and the North Texas beat them um, to keep them from going undefeated. They still won the conference championship. In fact, that was the year though, that since he was the playoff team anyway. So it's not like it ruined any kind of big time bowl bids for UTSA, but it did disrupt their undefeated season. Um, and from finishing the regular season, 12 and 0, North Texas has been playing well. They haven't been starting games very well, but they've been finishing games. And their offense is clicking, and it's it's like their defense doesn't show up for a half, and then they make some adjustments and get it together in the second half. Even though they did just have a pretty significant collapse 
at the close of the game against Memphis. And this here's the thing with North Texas. After Temple, I was saying they're going to have confidence and momentum where they're going to win a game or two down the stretch that they shouldn't. And then you saw them battle against Tulane. And then you saw them battle back. Sorry, you saw them battle back against Tulane. You saw them battle back against Memphis. But here's the problem. I, f- I felt like the way they lost the Memphis game, whereas with Tulane, they lost that game, but I still felt like they took a step forward. The way they lost that Memphis game, I feel like it was a step backwards as it pertains to their confidence and momentum. So it's like big confidence following up that Temple game. They go at Tulane, the number one team in the conference, homecoming, all that sold-out crowd, get down 21 nothing, battle back, put themselves in a chance to win that game, but they can't get it done. Okay, that's all right. We still got to step forward. Now it's Memphis. Same, Pretty much the same story as Tulane. They battle back in the second half. This time they take the lead. They are in position to win the game if they can just get one stop or not even get a stop. Just let you know, keep them on the field till the clock runs out. And then Seth Hennigan and Memphis drive it downfield. Big play there at the end. Win the game in the final seconds. And to me, that's kind of one of those daggers that's a little bit harder to bounce back from. So I do think UTSA wins this game. I'm just not sure if UTSA covers or not. So I'm actually not going to make a pick. But here's what I'm going to say for this one. I'm going to take the under 71 and a half. So UTSA... UTSA at UNT, I like the under 71 and a half. Not going to make a pick as far as uh, against the spread. I like UTSA to win it. They're cooking. They're rolling. They looked a little flat against ECU to start that game. They got it together. Um, You know, I picked UTSA to cover last week, and ECU got the backdoor cover. So I, I just, I don't know. And this is, you know, it's a, I mean, it's, I guess you could say it's a semi rivalry game. And I'm just not real sure how this one goes. Is it going to be closer than expected? Is it going to be a blowout? That's what's weird to me. I, I'm, I feel blowout vibes possibly in this game. But I'm not going to make that as my prediction. I'm just going to say I think it goes under 71 and a half. All right, now we've got uh, USF at Memphis. Memphis's favorite 13 and a half. Ah. <sighs> It's crazy. Memphis is 6-2, still very much in the um, AAC championship conversation. I just feel like the team they're putting on the field week in and week out sort of, it's like they play to the level of their competition. And in, in games where they have an opportunity to put the team away, they don't put the team away. Or vice versa, where they got a chance to come out in in take control of the game early. They don't take control of the game early. And then they've got to battle back in the second half or, or take care of business in the second half. I'm thinking kind of that UAB game where it just seemed like they came out in the first half flat. They're making some plays. UAB did some stuff to hurt themselves. UAB was playing with their backup quarterback, but Memphis ended up taking care of business. I just not so sure Memphis wins this one by 13 and a half. Like, I'm just not to a, in a place right now where I'm comfortable picking Memphis to cover the spread. And, you know, USF, I don't think they win the game. I don't think they have to win the game. Like, if I'm a USF fan right now, I got my sights set on bowl eligibility. 
Let's get bowl eligible in Golish's first year after arguably the worst stretch of football in our program's history under Coach Scott, where they what won like one or two conference games in three or four years, whatever it was. You got a chance to get bowl eligible in year one. You've got the pieces that you're are in place that you're going to continue to build with, particularly with quarterback Byron Brown. And so, but this isn't a game you have to win. If I'm, if I'm a USF fan, I got my eyes on Temple and Charlotte as my bowl eligibility games. Now, if you could squeeze out an upset here, great. I don't think USF wins the game, but I think they keep it competitive. I think Memphis wins the game, but I'm going to pick USF and the points. Um. So I guess that'd be USF plus 13 and a half. And then keeping it moving on ESPNU, we've got the number 21 ranked Tulane Green Wave. Quite frankly, the American Conference's best and possibly only hope of getting that New Year's Six bid. I do think SMU's got an outside shot. Just needs some dominoes to fall. Tulane, quite frankly, still needs some dominoes to fall. They need Air Force to lose. I think a one-loss Tulane Conference champion gets in over a one-loss Mountain West Conference champion. And that's mainly because of how the polls look right now. Now, we got to wait and see what the CFP looks like, but I don't anticipate it looks much different. Tulane's minus 16.5 over East Carolina, ECU. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to go Tulane minus 16 and a half over ECU. ECU battled against UTSA, but man, this just ain't their year. And then keeping it moving, Tulsa and Charlotte. Um, I like Tulsa minus four on this one. I think, again, Charlotte, they're, they're kind of in a similar boat as ECU. They're just, the season's just essentially down the drain, it feels like. And, you know, Tulsa still has something to play for because they're not quite out of bowl eligibility. And it is their coach's first year there, um, which, and I know that's the case for Charlotte as well, but they're, I mean, I guess technically they have a chance at bowl eligibility, like, like statistically speaking with the amount of games left. But um, I just don't think they're as good enough team to beat Tulsa. So. I'll leave it at that. Tulsa minus four. I think Tulsa's got to figure out their quarterback situation. And and they they continue to rotate two and sometimes three guys. But I like Tulsa minus four. And then finally, SMU at Rice. SMU is favored 11 and a half. If SMU is as good as I think they are, and they play four quarters of football, then I like SMU minus 11 and a half. Rice has been battling. Rice has been playing very well. Rice will likely be bowl eligible. Let's look. But I don't think they have to win this game. Yeah, I think Rice's bowl eligibility is going to come down to that matchup with FAU. Because I'm not so sure they beat SMU or UTSA. But that Charlotte FAU. But don't get it twisted, man. Rice is going to be ready to play this one. Yeah, okay, now I'm kind of flip-flopping on you. But like Rice 
is like they match up well with SMU. I think they they match up well with SMU's front. I think what they're going to try to do offensively will will limit SMU's possessions. Man, that 11 a point 11 and a half point spread. That's interesting. And the over under set at 58 and a half. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take Rice in the points. I think SMU wins the game, but I'm going to take Rice plus 11 and a half. And that'll do the pick them for week 10 action. God, that means we've got, what, three more weeks of regular season football? That's crazy. That's wild. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess November's here. November is here. Well, you know, be safe if you, you know, not sure where everyone that listens or watches how you handle Halloween, but if you've got kids and you do the whole trick-or-treating and all that, be safe. Enjoy your time with your family. Keep an eye on that CFP, and we will be back right here on this channel discussing the results of that tomorrow, same time, same place. Thank you for listening or watching another episode of the College Underdogs podcast. That's it for me, Trey Smith, College Game Time. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.